we have arrived at week nine of our nine-week series. And you might be asking yourselves, is Pastor Nate really going to preach on a whole chapter? If that's the case, I'm going to need to get some snacks. Uh, we're, going to need, we're going to need to like get some, get some uh, set up like an aid station for midway through the service because uh, you're going to need to refuel. Uh, but no, I'm not preaching on the whole chapter. It's okay. Uh, there, there's a whole section at the end of Colossians chapter 4 and Paul is basically, um, he's basically acknowledging a whole lot of people that he knows, he's thinking about, and, and people that the, the, the other congregation members in the church in Colossae would know of or would have heard of. And he's like, hey, this person's doing well. Oh, this person, say good day to this person for me. Um, it's, it's Paul's way of just doing shout outs. And I think, I think it's important, uh, we're not going to preach on it, but it's important to recognize the value that Paul put on community and connection just by the fact that he took the time in his letters to actually call people out individually and be like, hey, like that person's awesome. Connect with that person. Look after that person. He's great. He's helped me a lot. He's been a partner in the gospel. Uh, make sure you, you look after him. Bless him uh, when he comes to your town. Or, hey, I know that couple in your church. How are they doing? I, I heard uh, they were great when they were at the, at the church in Ephesus. Now they're in Colossae. Um, Paul values community. And I love that this morning, you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing all of our community online. I just, I look down the comments and it's like, there's Will Finn, there's Ken, Goldies are on there. Uh, happy birthday for Ian next, next Sunday, Father's Day and a birthday. That is, a, that is an epic double up if I, if I do say so. Um, I can see Isaac Lindgren on there. I can see the Steels on there. Uh, I can see the Bakers on there. One half of the Bakers, Gary's here, making sure that you can all hear me and uh, love those guys. You, you're awesome. I can see the, uh, the Barnetts. I can see Trish on there. Uh, and I know that I can't see you face to face, but I feel like at least with you commenting and engaging, I feel like we're together. I feel like as a church, we're, we're gathered. And you know what? That is really, really significant in this season. It is very easy to slip out of connection. Uh, you've got to fight to stay connected. You've got to actually be intentional to stay connected. Um, like, like people can reach out to you, um, but connection is a two-way street, right? Like we can put a service out there for you, um, but it's, it's, it's in the engagement in that that the connection is generated, right? It's, it's you responding that I feel like you're connecting with me and I'm connecting with you. If I'm just talking to a camera, I'll be honest, I don't feel connected to you. But when I see you say something in the chat, when I, when I see you saying amen, or you're like, ah, oh, yes, that worship was awesome. I feel like we're experiencing the same thing, and I feel like we're connecting in that moment. And so we might not be all, all be able to be in the same room, but that doesn't mean that we have to allow our sense of connecting with each other in the house of God to slip away in this season. And uh, my challenge to you is don't neglect the gathering of, of, of the believers in this season. And if this is what gather looks like right now, this is what we should not neglect. We should not neglect all meeting on this online space together to chat and say hello and, and worship our God together and hear from his word. And, and, and let's come out of this knowing that we actually connected with each other during this season. And text each other and call each other and, and FaceTime. Actually, actually, on that, um, this Wednesday night, this Wednesday night coming, we're going to do a, a 
IG lives, Instagram live uh, for men. All the men in our church, I know we're not the greatest at like connecting. And I know our women had an awesome like women's night where they all had cups of tea and they all got on Zoom and chatted together. And I, I know that's not like, as guys, that's not really our cup of tea. Although Instagram, like I'm going to, uh, you know, but we're going we're gonna to get a couple of guys. We're going to do a conversation. Probably I'll be out by the fire and um, I'm going to kind of just facilitate. And we're gonna, just going to talk about kind of nothing in particular. We're going to talk about sport, Premier League happening over the weekend. Jets have signed some great players. We're going to talk about barbecues. Pastor Earl's been barbecuing ribs, buffalo wings. We're just going to, going to kind of chat and connect a little bit. Um, so this Wednesday night, every every guy, even if you don't have Instagram, just, I don't know, sign up, jump on. It's not, I'm not promoting it, but be a part of that. It's a space where we, we can feel like we're, we're all getting together. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We might try Zoom as well, but we are going to try to keep people connected. With that being said, I need to preach. I need to bring the Word of God because I feel like there is something on uh, this last installment of Colossians for you this morning. And um, oh, Pastor Earl says I'm only allowed to talk about NRL. Uh, I'm sorry, you won't be on the sports section. You'll be on the barbecue section. And uh, I will probably talk about the Premier League, uh, but that's all right. So here we go. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6, right? I only have that small amount of verses to preach this morning. So get ready. Uh, here we go. All right, are we, gonna, are we gonna get them on the screen? Fantastic. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, right? That God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should and be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be full of grace, always be full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. There we go. That's, that's great, right? That we would know how to answer everyone, how to have every answer in the world. Uh, if only that was what it was saying, that would be great. It's not what it's saying, and we'll get into that. But can we pray for one second right now and just ask that God would speak to us? Father, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that you are, you are with us. You are real. You are God. I'm grateful that we can connect with you, that we can be with you, and I, I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful that it is that it's incredibly, uh, it, it's it's wise. It's just it's wisdom itself to us, and I pray this morning that as we unpack it, uh, that we would be challenged and we would be encouraged and we would be built up and we would be transformed. Uh, and Lord, we pray that as the Jets prepare for a new season, it would be an incredible season. I am full of hope and faith for that. Uh, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 Come on, if you're praying for a good season for the Jets, put it in the chat and um, we can agree together. It'll be awesome. All right. So lockdown. Uh, we're still there. And as Pastor Simo said earlier, we're going to be there for a little longer. Um, and I don't know about you, but I feel like there's some stages to lockdown. And uh, I feel like we're, uh, it's kind of like a weekly thing for me. Like one week is one stage, one, one week is the next stage. Week one is kind of like, 
I'll be honest, I actually really enjoyed it, right? Uh, week one of lockdown, it's like it's kind of got this like, ooh, it's almost a holiday type vibe to it, right? Like it's like I got to do a bit of work, um, I got to connect with people, but but I'm like I'm at home, I'm not going into the office. Like I can do this job, and then I can go and do a bit more work, and I can. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know uh, a little bit of a holiday, and you you kind of have get all these plans, right? Like I'm going to do all these jobs, I'm going to get super fit, I'm going to uh, you know um, everyone plans to like do these things week one. Week two, if you have kids that are at school, uh, we, the theme of week two of lockdown is homeschool is tough. Uh, homeschool is tough. That's, that's the, the overarching consensus of the way I would describe lockdown, right? And, and you go from week one where it's like, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to do all these jobs to, I'm going to get through today and I'm going to eat chocolate. Right, like, like the mindset, the mindset has shifted. Um, now, no longer is like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all this exercise. It's like if I can get my kid to do that one exercise set by his teacher, then we're winning. We're winning today if if he can do the exercise. And then by week three, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, uh, like this is Groundhog Day. Uh, that's the that's the kind of the thing I put on it, and and by week three the novelty has worn off, right? Like any novelty of the oh this is like a holiday that's gone, and 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 it's like yep this is where we are, and then here we are week four, and I mentioned it week four earlier uh, we talked about haircuts, but for me week four is like I have reached the I'm considering a home haircut week. Uh, because my hair is getting out of control. Um, I don't know about you if yours is getting out of control, but um, I've locked in. Now it's about survival, uh, and now it's about managing expectations. And, uh, you know, but the truth be told, it's not really all like that, right? We can, we can choose to define lockdown kind of negatively, or as Paul writes in this letter to the Colossians, we can see lockdown as opportunity, right? Paul says, look, for opportunity. And I want that just right from the beginning this morning to resonate with you. Are you seeing the obstacle of lockdown or are you seeing the opportunity in lockdown? How are you defining this season for yourself, right? Because, because I'm getting a whole lot of time with my family. I'm getting to sit down and, and help my kids to learn things. I'm getting, I am getting to get some jobs done, which is great. But you know what? We can we can shift our inside, like we can shift our emotional response to lockdown by how we frame lockdown, by how we, by how we decide we're going to see lockdown. And so my challenge to you is let's not see lockdown as an obstacle. Let's see lockdown as an opportunity. And, and I wonder what God's going to reveal to you that is, that is going to be amazing out of this opportunity that we have right now. But before we get to that, Paul says this. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. And I want to unpack this a little bit, right? Because devotion for me has three parts, right? Devotion speaks of our desire. Like there is a, whenever I'm devoted to something, like devoted to my wife, devoted to Manchester United, devoted to, there is, there is some element of desire in me toward that, right? So to devote ourselves to prayer, we have to have a desire in us to pray. And, and I want to tell you that, that if that's dwindled in your life, talk to God about it. If you find yourself struggling to pray or struggling to want to pray, 
it seems like a little bit of a, a, of a weird response, but the response is, is to pray, but not in the way that you think prayer should be, right? Because that's the type of prayer that you don't want to do. That's the type of prayer that you've lost the desire for. So you've got to be real enough with God to be like, God, I have no desire to pray and let that be your prayer. Let you, the honesty of where your heart is at meet the grace of our God and the love of our God and allow him to actually go to work on that actual real place in your heart where the desire is gone and allow him to germinate and spring up a new desire for you to pray. So it has desire, but then it also has decision, right? If I'm going to remain devoted to, to my wife, I'm going to remain devoted to Rach, that's a decision. I make that decision every day. That's not a decision that I made once at an altar and never make again. And so to be devoted to something requires an ongoing decision. And if you, if you want to, you can put these three Ds in the chat um, because I, I do love alliteration. But it's desire, it's decision, and it's, and it's discipline, right? Because we can make a decision and not follow through, right? Like in week one of lockdown where we all decide we're going to get fit. Uh, and then we don't follow through because week two is eat chocolate week, right? Um, but to be devoted, we, we've got we've to actually have the discipline to follow through. We've got to remain disciplined in, in, in our mind, in our actions, in our time, in our use of time. We have to remain disciplined. So we, we've got to remain devoted, right? And, and he says, devote yourselves. So these are the things that I can't do for you. And I feel like I say that a lot lately, but I feel like God is really, uh, he's really putting his finger on something in our church. And that is that the relational nature of your interaction with him, right? The relationship that you actually have with him is on you. It's not on me. We don't live in an Old Testament where you relate to God through the priest, Mm-mm. right? We live in the new covenant where you have your own relationship with God. And if your own relationship with God requires work, then, then that's on you to do, right? I can't do the relationship that you have with God for you. I do my relationship with God and then I'm able to lead a minister out of that. I'm able to fulfill the calling that God's placed on my life out of that. And that's the same for you. But your relationship is your relationship. So devote yourself. I'm here encouraging you. I'm here spurring you on and I will be doing that week in and week out for who knows how many years into the future, right? But I can't decide, I can't be disciplined for you and I can't stir up the desire in you for you, okay? So devote yourself to prayer. I want to I wanna speak into this, this prayer for a second because sometimes I think that we can have ideas about prayer and they can be the things that we can't get past to pray, right? Like, like we think prayer needs to look like something, and it's, it's the thing that we think it looks like, which is the thing that we don't want to engage in. And so our very concept of what we're being called into restricts us from, from entering in. And so the, what, what happens in that is that we remain at a distance in our relationship to God. Because, because and I put this on Instagram earlier in the week, but what if prayer is more about proximity than petition, right? Like we get taught prayer is asking God, declaring, you know, uh, keep on asking. But do you know that before it says keep on asking, it says keep on seeking, right? Prayer, prayer we're told to draw near to God and He will draw near to us. We're called to seek 
and we will find. Who knows that one thing, actually you probably know, I'm going to let you know something right now. One thing that I really don't like is when I'm in the kitchen and my, my kids are in their bedroom and they just yell at me across the house. And if I don't respond, they just yell louder, like as if somehow they cannot get up off of their own two feet in their bedroom to come out and talk to me. And, and if we remain like that in our relationship with God, we limit the level of intimacy and connection we have with Him, which is why prayer, first and foremost, is about proximity more than it is about petition because God wants relationship. He wants us close. He wants intimacy. He wants connection. And I'm telling you, if we made prayer more about finding Him every day, more about aligning our, our, our inner world that we might be aware of Him. I, I'm telling you, we would walk different. We would, we would pray. We, we would bring a petition different because we'd be connected. We'd be intimate with our God. There would be genuine relationship there with Him and we would pour out our heart in, in, in a genuine way. And you know what? We would spend time listening to Him and He would talk back and there would be all the things that we long for in a relationship that isn't just a list. But too often we read the word prayer and we're like, oh, well, I've got to, I've got to go and, I've got to, and I've, got to, I've got to read through the Our Father. And there's been great teaching in that. And I love the teaching of even just Our Father. Like that's our approach, right? Our approach is relational, okay? But, but we, we, we pick up on these things where we're told, be a persistent widow, you know, be, be, the, be the persistent neighbor. And so we take prayer as I need just to keep praying the same thing over and over and over. But, but the truth is that we're praying it out of proximity to God. Do you know that God already knows the desires of your heart? What if his greatest desire was just actually to connect with you? Like in, in, in that intimate, beautiful moment, and what if prayer was more about us being close to Him? Not positionally, like this will get into the theology of it, but I mean, I mean, we draw near, right? Like we walk with Him, but what about drawing near to Him? They're different. They're different, right? Like, like there's, there's intimacy. There's, there's I'm removing the external and allowing you to see what's really going on in my heart because I'm, I am exposed with you in a moment. Oh, I'm telling you, that's the beginning of prayer. That's the true beginning of prayer right there. And some of you, some of you need to stop praying a list for a while and find that space. Just be in that space. Just be with Him. Like let your, let your prayer time be about being with God, being in close proximity to God, being intimate with God and trust that He knows what's, what's on your list anyway. Trust that He knows the desires of your heart. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for things like praying for Afghanistan and that situation. That's great. But what's more important is if we're doing it when we're close to God, when we're in proximity to Him. Like over everything, we have to understand there's this relational filter and frame. So when, so when we're reading stuff in the New Testament, we're not asked to have a religious activity. We're asked to have a relational experience. We're asked to be outworking it in, in, in relationship. It says to do this with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Why? Because, because, because it's, not, it's not relationship if we're just distracted, right? Like, I don't know, if, if, if you're married, you're going to understand this, right? When, when you're in the kitchen with your wife and, and she is trying to talk to you about a really important thing 
in your lives, like something to do with the kids or how she's feeling or a conversation she had today and she wants to talk to you about it and, and you're, you're on your phone. Um, I don't do that, obviously. This is not a personal story. Um, but, you know, like you're distracted or, or, or a classic one for Rachel and I, and I've, I've asked her if it's okay for me to share this and she says yes. But, but and this is just to flip it, right? Because this is to show that in both sides of the relationship have to be aware of having an alert mind. We can be in bed and I don't fall asleep very quickly. Like I'm, 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 I have a lot of things that go through my mind, like all the time. Um, Rach is the opposite, right? So I can be like, I can be trying to discuss a really significant thing. And I tend to monologue. I'm not sure if you've realized that. Um, but I will, be, I will be like three minutes into a monologue about externally processing this situation that has occurred in my day. Um, and I will realize that, that she's out. Like she's asleep. And she's been asleep for a couple of minutes. Uh, Rachel, it's not because she doesn't care. I know she cares deeply. It's because her head hits the pillow. She's out. She's got this wonderful gift of falling asleep quickly, irrespective of whether or not I'm talking. And I just, I just want to acknowledge that when we don't pray with an alert mind, when we don't come into that space with an alert mind, the truth is that the level of connection, it's just not there. Whether it's me on my phone in the, I mean, or someone else on their phone in the kitchen while the wife's trying to talk to you or whether it's one of you's fallen asleep. I know I'm tired when I get up at six in the morning to pray. That's why I go outside. So the cold air wakes me up a bit. I'm not saying you should be condemned and discouraged if you fall asleep when you pray. God loves you. Okay, but I am saying that alertness and connection are connected. That, that, if, that if you're engaging alert in that, then, then, then we need to be connected. And a thankful heart. Set the tone of your heart. Set the, set the like, thank God. God, I just thank you that you're here with me. And we talked about this the other week. Make it real. Make it genuine. God, I think the sun's out today because rain is annoying when it's in lockdown. It just doubles the difficulty of kids inside. And like, and we'd, I mean, you would have seen the story we're doing, thankfulness jar. Some days it's hard. What are you thankful for today, Nate? I don't know. I don't know, but I'll find something. There's always one thing that is the switch that I need to, to shift where I'm going. Devote yourselves. Devotion has this sense of continuation and persistence in it, right? Like we, we, we persistently go into that space with God. We don't give up. We keep on seeking. We keep on seeking, right? We keep on drawing near. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. And then, and then in that space, you know, Paul, for the next two verses, he's like, hey, pray for us. It's like for me and Rach, pray for us. Pray for us as we lead this church. Pray for the pastoral team as we try to lead in this season. Pray for, pray for Pastor Phil and Chris as they lead the movement. Pray for our prime minister. Pray like prayer is not meant to be self-focused. Okay? Prayer is, prayer is an opportunity to in, in close proximity with God bring people to him that, that you want him to move in their life right pray that God will give us an opportunity you know Paul's in chains when he writes this we think we're suffering in lockdown 
or we think lockdown's too difficult to find opportunity in the midst of. And Paul's like, yo, I'm in chains, but pray that I find opportunity. Pray that I would see it. Pray that I wouldn't miss it. Pray that, pray, that I would, pray that I would have eyes in the midst of my suffering to see the opportunity. What for? To get fit? Nah, that's low down Paul's priority list, right? Like what's Paul want the opportunity for? He wants the opportunity to bring the gospel into someone's life. He wants the opportunity to be able to say to someone, hey, you know how you're feeling hopeless right now? Can I tell you why I have hope? Or you know what, I've got, I just have this joy in me. And you know, I want to tell you where it comes from. We've got to get good at telling people about Jesus, not just the church, right? Because we don't have a relationship with the church. We are in the church because of the relationship we have with Jesus. But we don't invite people to find the church. We invite people to find Jesus. He is the hope of the world. The church is the gathering of His people who do that because they love Him and they're connected with Him and therefore connected with each other. But He is at the core right and we've got to we got to know what we have from him that we can tell others about that they might find him and Paul is like pray that I would have an opportunity to tell people about Jesus pray that I'd have an opportunity to tell people about the gospel that they're forgiven and set free and have purpose and all of those things that we sometimes take for granted let's be honest the gospel because it's all about Jesus right our reason is all about Jesus. This is the whole reason we have a church. It's Jesus. He goes on and says, that's why I'm here in chains. Paul understands that his current state is because of the gospel. But if it's because of the gospel, there's always opportunity for the gospel. Right? You know, some of us, some of us, some of us sometimes make really dumb decisions. And then we blame the devil. Or, or we make really dumb choices and, and we call it, I'm in a season of suffering. Now you're in a season of consequence. Paul is genuinely suffering because of the gospel. And he still finds opportunity for the gospel. Let's not, let's not be so can I say in the most grace and love, can we not be so shallow that a season like this so takes us out of being able to ask that same question? Pray for us that we would see opportunity for the gospel. Pray for each other this week that they would see opportunity for the gospel in this. Let's not allow lockdown to so consume us that we forget we are on a kingdom purpose. We are living this life as beacons of hope to this very world. Lockdown is not significant enough to stop the gospel, to stop the extension of the kingdom. It just puts us in front of a camera right now that puts it out everywhere, right? The kingdom of God cannot be restricted and held back, but we can, we can remove ourselves from the river in which it's flowing because we can't see the opportunity in the obstacle. Chapter five, sorry, verse five, he says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. He brings it back around again. And I think there's a really, really important correlation to be found here that, that we can 
we can lose an opportunity by being unwise. Live wisely among those who are not believers. Can I, can I, can I just, this is how you speak. This is how you act around non-believers. It's actually really important. Okay? This is how you comment online. This is how you argue. This is what Paul is saying. Live wisely. Why? Why? Because when we do, when we live wisely, we keep opportunity open. We can make the most of an opportunity, right? But too often what we do is we don't see the opportunity in the middle of someone's response or we don't see the opportunity when someone offends us, right? And, uh, by what they've said. And so what we do is we, we, we make an unwise decision and we lash back, right? Or we, or we think it's our job to, to argue on behalf of Jesus, like somehow He's not capable of revealing Himself to people, right? So we take on, we take on what He says is His responsibility and we make it, oh, it's my responsibility to set everybody light, right? And I'm going to comment and I'm going to argue and approve the point on Instagram, right? And we get, we get on our high horse and what do we do? We miss the opportunity. We miss the opportunity where if we had if we had let our conversations, as Paul says, be gracious <laughs> and attractive. Wow. That's gonna make a tiny opening an open door. An open door. In the way you talk to people, whether it's online or in the real world, you have actually got the capacity in that moment to make the tiniest opportunity become an open door. What for? Well, for the gospel, (laughs) for Jesus, right? In, in, In the latest translation of the NIV, it doesn't say attractive, it says like salt. Like salt, it's a reference back to to Mark and the gospel where Jesus says, you are the salt of this earth, right? Like we're bringing flavor, we're bringing beauty, right? Like everyone's had that meal that's lacked proper seasoning, right? And it's bland. We're supposed to bring the seasoning that brings the goodness out, right? Like our speech is supposed to bring goodness and joy and enjoyment and life and those sorts of things. We're not supposed to bring criticism. We're not supposed to bring offense. We're not supposed to bring... We're not supposed to argue so much to prove that we're right, that we lose relationship. Even in marriage, guys, I know we want to be right. But don't damage your relationship trying to be right. Be gracious. Be Be attractive in your language, in your speech, in how you live. Be generous and loving and big-minded and big-thinking and open-hearted and open-armed and live a big life, live an expansive life, a welcoming life, an open life and allow the smallest opportunity to be open wide. So that you will have the right response for everyone. The right response. You know, I I really think that sometimes we miss what the right response is. Sometimes we decide or we think we know what the right response is. But the truth is that that we often don't know. Someone, Someone will say something hurtful to us maybe. 
and we think we know what they need to hear, but we don't know the hurt that they're talking out of. But Jesus does. And if we are listening to His Holy Spirit, we might find ourselves being prompted to say something very different that turns out to be exactly what that person needed to hear. But sometimes we're so quick to answer. We're so quick to say what we think they need. We're so quick to have a response. But I'm telling you, if we've, if we've listened to the Spirit, we might find ourselves saying things and doing things that are very different to what we anticipated. And we will find the fruit of that will be, will be changed lives. It'll be people finding Jesus. It'll be, it'll be the extension of the gospel. You know what, right now people are fearful, people are anxious, people are discouraged, people are they're hopeless, people are living in despair, people are disconnected and hurting, people are struggling. But we've got Jesus. We have the hope of the world. We have the light of life. We have life in us. We have joy springing up inside of us from His Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, you have the capacity to hear from Him and make the most of every opportunity in the conversations you might have with a neighbour across the road, conversations that you might have over social media, over Zoom, over FaceTime with colleagues in the way that you respond currently in this season working from home. There are so many opportunities to bring the reality or the, the result of a relationship with Jesus into people's lives. But we need to listen to Him. And we can't do that if we're not doing what Paul said prior devoting ourselves to drawing near.